A pilgrim's journey reveals the life of deeper and transformative hospitality, one more befitting the kingdom of God. S.T. Gardner Cantor delivered this sermon on July 27, 2008. In the name of the Creator, and the Redeemer, and the Sustainer. Amen. Well, as many of you know, I went on a pilgrimage recently, and the more I think of it, the more I realize that I got glimpses of the kingdom of heaven in the most unexpected places. My first kind of unexpected glimpse of the kingdom of heaven was at the huge, dilapidated Methodist church on 86th Street near Broadway, where I stayed with Father Richard Gay Johnson and seven of our wonderful high school students. Well, there's no denying that the place was daunting. We knew we were going to share the showers with the homeless shelter, but we didn't really know what that meant. After I took my first shower, I ran to the store to get Comet and a big brush, and I scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed to try to make it look clean, but that was not really possible. There was also a considerable population of mice in that church. And after the first night or two, we took to adopting the habits of wilderness campers who put their backpacks high up on trees to keep them from the bears. We put our bags on the lamp, the wall lamps, uh, to keep the mice from getting them at night. Also, when we first came, there were two really nice air-conditioned rooms that we were assigned to. But by the second night, a huge youth group came and took over one of those rooms. And then a couple of nights after that, another youth group came and endangered the one Plan B space that we had staked out. There were frequently meetings going on in the one room we did have, and so we found that we were bumped now and then from when we wanted to go and, and have a rest. And we very early found out that getting a set schedule for all these meetings just basically was impossible. When we wanted to use the kitchen, there was always some darn homeless program trying to feed the homeless when we wanted to make our breakfast. It was an amazing place to stay in, but it was certainly uncomfortable. And in fact, we actually decided to leave at one point when one of our youth stood up and pointed out to us that what we were on was a pilgrimage, not a vacation. I slowly began to realize that that dilapidated church we were camping in resembled nothing so much as the radically welcoming branches of the transformed mustard seed. This church runs a women's shelter. They host a food pantry, which is run by former clients who are now happily employed there. The church sends out hundreds of Meals on Wheels packages every single day. They have a mothers and babies group. They have a martial arts class for youth. They have a tutoring program. They have music classes that take place in the sanctuary. In fact, the night that we arrived there, there was a huge and joyous sort of Indian-flavored rock concert going on in this enormous sanctuary. They also have a beautiful professional theatrical stage on the second floor that houses no fewer than six New York theater groups. They have dozens of 12-step programs going on all the time, frequently in the room we were staying in. The church also houses a very large, radical, and rather famous synagogue, B'nai Jeshurun. It also houses a Presbyterian church, whose uh, space was being renovated at the time. During the Sunday service on Gay Pride Day, all of the marchers were welcomed to the center of the church, 
and everyone laid hands on them to bless them on their way, on their march. They used inclusive language in every prayer. God was never a he. Everyone was welcomed in, even us, even the mice. It seemed that no bird would be turned away from building a nest in this great tree. And if a place could be said to have a great heart, certainly this place did. It seemed to me that both the blessing and the curse of this being part of this great teeming kingdom was the same thing. We were automatically part of the hospitality because we were given hospitality. We had to accept that our nest was just one of hundreds. We were not the center of the tree. And after a while, we discovered that even if we were bumped from our room, there was always a rather beautiful place that we could perch. We could always camp in the beautiful and airy balcony overlooking the sanctuary. It was very lovely, and the stained glass windows were around us, and occasionally we would be serenaded by the music from one of the other neighboring birds. In fact, it seemed a little like heaven up there. Well, the kingdom of heaven popped up again for me unexpectedly in a very different place, this time after the planned part of the pilgrimage was over. My husband joined me after the pilgrims left, and after a few days in New York, we decided to go to Washington, D.C. to see the fireworks on the 4th of July. I had lived in Washington for many, many years, and so I called up an old boyfriend and asked him if we could stay with them. He and his girlfriend lived in a very large three-story brownstone right in Washington, D.C. He was delighted to offer us a room and said he couldn't wait to see us. I hadn't seen him in 20 years, but he hadn't changed a bit. Long ago, when we were both professional hippies, we had crossed Canada together in our decorated VW van, resplendent with tie-dye curtains. He had all the photos from the trip. I left this man because he was always doing what he had just done. He was always inviting anyone and everyone over to stay. Every old derelict friend of his was welcome at the table. His name was Art. Art's particular call was providing services for free that usually cost something. So he started the Washington Free Press. He started the Washington Free Clinic. And once he got together with his girlfriend, they started the Washington Free School. I now realize that I had to leave him because my heart was not big enough. I wanted a much more comfortable life. But I got to know his girlfriend, Marty, for the first time on this trip and realized that this time he had found someone whose heart was big enough. Before he met her, Marty had already adopted two kids whose parents had been institutionalized. Nobody in the neighborhood wanted him, so she took them in. Once they got together, they spent the next 20 years taking in emergency foster care kids, kids whose parents were in prison or on crack or just not there. Some of these kids stayed for 10 years or more. During this time, they also managed to have two of their own biological kids as well. Art is a Jewish atheist, like most of my friends were in Washington, D.C., and so I was surprised to see, tacked up on the wall, an obituary for Kenneth Taylor, the man who started the huge Christian publishing empire, Tyndale Press. Kenneth Taylor created the Living Bible. You may have seen the green sort of padded cover. It's on many shelves, including mine, because my grandfather gave it to me. The book was an early attempt to put the Bible into understandable English. I was told that this titan of the Christian publishing business was Marty's father, in other words, Art's father-in-law. He used to read the Bible to his children every single night and explain what it meant. 
Well, Art's girlfriend, Marty, as a child, once said, well, if that's what they meant, why don't they just say it? This was the catalyst for the creation of the Living Bible. Art and Marty never got married during their 30-year courtship, and this was hard on Marty's father. But I understand that before he died, he came to realize that Art and Marty were married in the eyes of God. And I hope that he realized that contrary to appearances, the words of the Bible he had read his daughter all those years did not fall in deaf ears. Married or not, Mart and Artie were doing the work of the kingdom of heaven, taking in the homeless orphans, providing for the poor, opening their house to everyone who needed it, even me and my husband. Being part of that bustling kingdom must not have been easy. I'm sure there were hardships for their birth children, navigating around so many little sheltered birds. And there were probably difficulties among the many foster children. And surely there were stresses on the parents. But they too apparently recognized that they were on a pilgrimage, not a vacation. This led me to consider that life is, or maybe should be, a lot more like a pilgrimage than a vacation. And if we believe what Jesus tells us, that the kingdom of God is at hand, maybe that kingdom is supposed to be well, not entirely comfortable either. Or maybe in the kingdom of heaven, we are transformed in a way that changes the meaning of being comfortable altogether. How comfortable is the wolf when she lies down with the lamb? And if the lamb is comfortable, it is in a way we can't quite fathom. I read recently that if we wanted to have every human being on earth enjoy the lifestyle of an affluent North American, we would need four planet Earths. I wonder if the bustling and rich kingdom of our New York City Methodist Church or the loving chaos of Art and Marty's house could be microcosms of what life might be like if we evened out the score on a global basis. It might not be comfortable in our own present terms, but it might just be an introduction into the kingdom of heaven. I believe that in the kingdom of heaven we all get enfolded in the great green branches spawned from that tiny mustard seed. We all glory in the abundance of unconditional love. And if we can bear it, we get to bring out our treasures, both old and new, and scatter them out from our comfortable households throughout the whole of the kingdom. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.